0: Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I left academia about one year ago to become a scientific editor for grants and manuscripts and an editorial manager for our science website.
1: I'm Ian, and I've recently left academia to move into a science communication, editing, and publishing career.
0: And I'm Dr.
2: PMS. I've left academia about two years ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery.
0: We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. Hi, and welcome back to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm here with Clady and Ian today. Hey, hey. Hello. Like usual. And today we're going to talk a bit about perspective. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, because I tend to get very concerned and worked up about things that matter but in the long run um aren't that big of a deal let's say (laughs) like it won't matter if I make this one decision if it's going it won't like this one decision isn't going to ruin my entire life down the road it's just you know what I'm gonna have for lunch today so yeah (laughs) I know that um we've kind of all been thinking about perspective and balance and figuring out um, work and life and navigating those issues. Um, I'm just coming off of working on editing a grant and have a bunch of different projects going on. And I know that Ian was saying that he had, before we started recording, that he had a busy time at work recently. And I know that Clay's in the middle of making a bunch of decisions, so I thought this would be a good time to talk about it. Yep. Yes
2: putting things into perspective i guess that it's uh i have a hard time in both ways i think that i i sure do put too much effort in things that i probably shouldn't but on the other hand i tend to avoid or don't think about certain things just because I know that, I try to think, you know those, like, if you cannot control it, don't worry about them?
1: Yes.
0: I've heard that. (laughs) I've (laughs) been given that advice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, it's the, what, like, yeah, I mean, explicitly, it's the, if you can, let's say, like, do you have a problem? Yes. Can you do something about it? Yes. Then there's no problem. right do you have a problem no can you do something about it no then no problem don't worry about (laughs) it i mean you know it's that flow chart that's um supposed to make you feel better but i don't know
2: i think that whenever if you think about abstract things like like Mm -hmm. the flow chart you know yeah can you do something about it yes so do it no Okay, so don't worry, just let it be. It's it's kind of obvious and it makes sense. But whenever you apply anything mm-hmm. to this equation, anything in real life, then it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough for you not to, to, to uh, worry about things or, for instance, one of the things that um, I work as a salesperson, but I'm an ind- independent contractor, so I don't have... A salary I don't have a, a, a salary that I get each month so uh, now I am thinking about moving to uh, maybe to another city to a bigger house and I have to commit to pay more rent but then I'm kind of scared you know because I have some money saved and I know kind of what's coming in the next few months but I don't know what's going to happen in a year from now I don't know who is going to buy maybe someone will come to me and want to buy a, a, a half a million dollar equipment and then it will be everything will be awesome. solved yes and I right. will have money for the whole year but if that doesn't happen um, I cannot and, and then it's kind of like okay you cannot do anything about it so don't worry about it but then it's impossible not to worry you know what i mean
0: yeah well it's the unknowing whether or not you can do something about it for i mean for me it's like you know like we are talking about moving and whether or not you can commit to paying more rent and um making you know making enough sales to be able to cover that increase in living expenses but how do you know that you can make you know, for sure, that you can make enough money to cover your rent. Because maybe, like, you know, as you said, maybe you can. Like, maybe you can hustle and get a half a million dollar, sell a half a million dollar piece of equipment and everything's great. But maybe then the stock market crashes in six months and, you know, we're plunged into another depression or, like, you know, 1929 depression or something. Like, you know, something... (laughs) catastrophic
2: <laughs> that's where my brain goes oh my god now you're
0: making it be even more worried about things. <laughs> well, so that's where my brain that's where my brain goes is i'm going to end up living in a cardboard box in a ditch somewhere i don't know why a cardboard box and a ditch <laughs> but that's where my life is going it i
1: catastrophize yeah, yeah i mean i think that's probably not an uncommon thing amongst a lot of like academics um or former academics and
2: (laughs) recovering academics yeah um
1: i mean because you know like we're taught to like think about scenarios that might happen likely or not and like how to deal with them and you know like what comes up if you do this in your experiment versus that. And, Hmm. you know, how do you design, like, you know, the best possible thing and what would be nice to have and what do you need to, like, really get this? And, I, I mean, like, these are, like, all knowledge economy problems that, like, they don't tend to have great answers, unfortunately. Like, because, like, you know, you don't know, you can't really predict the future. So, like, no matter what. Like, I mean, yes, like, the next Great Depression and it could happen like you know and i guess we'll have to be like our what would be grandparents generation and buckle down and try to make it through as best we can if that happens but um like you know like it's one of those things where it's like yeah i mean i can't like i don't know if i have bandwidth for that anymore and i mean because like yeah Go ahead, Amanda.
0: Yeah, I was just going to even point out, like, even in formal grant writing, you're expected to plan for um, the worst case scenario. Right. Because in your grant writing, there is literally a call from the NIH for pitfalls and potential potential solutions where you're supposed to, even if you've done something a thousand times before and you think you'll have absolutely no technical difficulties with this, what are you going to do if it doesn't work?
1: Right. Or, so, right. Exactly. It's kind of
0: an, it's even institutionalized in formal, like RFA, like here is what you should provide. But
2: I, I don't think that this is a bad thing, um, per se, because, um, I think that you need to have a B plan. You, you cannot just like do, you, I feel like, especially for the big, changes in your life. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to, let's say, move out of academia and work as a freelancer and you don't know uh, if you're going to make enough money to pay your rent, uh, you have to have a plan, a B plan. If that doesn't yes. work, this is what I'm going to do. And and I think that that's been adult, I think? Adulting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I mean... Yes and no, right? Like, there are people who argue that, like, no, you should absolutely not have a B plan necessarily in mind if you're going to pursue something like, um, I mean, you know, you should, like, prepare and, like, be ready and, like, you know, be ready to pivot if you need to, but, you know, like, don't, you don't necessarily, like, this is plan B and this is plan C. I mean, I guess you can, but, um... The idea being that it sort of drains you away from what your plan A is and moving in that, that direction.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I am a planner.
1: Right. I, I mean, am a planner. I, I and and if I R don't have
2: start. a B plan, I won't be uh, – I cannot really jump. I cannot do the jump yes. if I don't have like a safety net let's put it like that I have to so that that's me I have like excel sheet and I have calendars I have agendas I have everything planned of course things little things come out from um that but the big things um especially when you're doing taking big decisions uh, planning big changes I I I don't, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I think that the the peace of mind of having a B plan will make me better at, at the A plan. Sure. Does it make any sense? Sure. Yeah, that I mean, makes sense. And
1: again, like, I mean, I do, I don't agree with that advice either. I just, I know that that's a perspective that's out there, especially, I, I, and again, like they would tell you, like I mean, everyone would tell you, it's like, yeah, I mean have a way to support yourself like absolutely but um you know or give yourself like a time period like it's like i'm gonna do this 100 for this right. long and then i stop and then if it's not working i find something else at that point in time right it's not necessarily that you don't plan all for alternatives it's just um yeah it's not yeah it, it, you know again like it's you know sort of like the like oh yeah well here's my a and then here's The B I'm going to pursue, you know, again, it's like not no planning. It's just, you know, while you're focused on the one thing you're supposed to be trying to do, be there to do that and not thinking about anything else.
0: Yeah, I've just finished reading this book called Decisive and they talk a bit about that in the book. It's a really good book. Like I got it from the library and it was great. Um, It's all about making better decisions. And one of the things that they were talking about, and I can't remember the exact term that they used for it, is, um, but it's exactly what you're saying. It's um, this this waffling. It's um, tiptoeing into doing something um, without actually committing to doing it. So, like, the example I think they use in the book is this guy was um, wanting to finish his college degree and he was taking one class at a time per semester and that was taking him you know forever got forever to do and he was i think they had projected like he would finish in like a decade and it's because he wasn't fully committing to doing this like what he thought his degree was going like whatever he thought he was going to do with his degree he wasn't fully committed to that but he liked the idea of it um and so they compare that to they use the term ooching where you take something and you do something small scale to see if it kind of like a prototype to see if it would work so like um if you were interested in becoming a marine biologist like calling up and interviewing one well maybe you know setting up an interview time or something or if you were thinking like I'm going to do freelancing full time like say I'm going to set aside five hours a week to do this and see like how successful I am and have that sort of tripwire metric where you're like okay once i hit you know x amount of dollars or x amount of time i will quit my full time job and do this or whatever
1: mhm yeah exactly there's right i mean right exactly cuz like you know you can yeah i mean again like you can do things and then feel like they fizzle and like i mean with my mm-hmm. writing and editing which i've always done on the side right like i haven't done this full time in my life at all like i'm still trying to recommit to it this year and it's really hard to know, like, it's probably hard to have perspective on, like, how well that's going. Like, I don't, I mean, you know, I can measure things, like, how much I write and, like... Right. But, again, like, I don't get, like, a sense that's, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, moving the needle of people's minds, right? Or, like, I don't know what the, you know, like, I may mean, I sort of have, like, a metric of, like, oh, yeah, I'm reaching some people. But, like, you know, like, I doubt anyone's going to pay me to write right now. Um, but at the same time, like... you know like people tell me i'm a good writer and like i I mean i haven't because like i haven't had time to like really do what i would consider like putting together a decent pitch like you know it's just like oh yeah i mean i guess i could try to package some of my old content and do that but again like it's one of those steps where it's like oh i sort of balk at it because it's like okay i don't know how to jump into that ocean um and start swimming or like you know like yeah i don't know I don't know where the on-ramp is for me in that, like, I... Yeah, or what metrics do you use what to measure two, that? Or, like, yeah, or, you know, because, like, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, I work for Botany One and do some, like, you know, an article a month for them, basically, like, editing or writing, like, it's, you know, goes back and forth, depending on the need. But, um, like, you know, it's like, yeah, a couple of my posts were, like, really popular last year, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I just have no sense of that whatsoever like oh that was news to me great thanks for telling me like at the end of the year um but yeah it's
0: kind
2: of tough i feel like um right like i I think it's very
1: much like shouting into a void for the most part like i don't know and it's hard to know like oh is stuff getting traction like you know what i mean like how do you know um like stuff is working and like it's easy to watch things like a tv show and it's like oh yeah it's working for them like i just um, everyone should go watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel because it's a pretty oh, good that's series. a fantastic yeah series. I loved and, it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's like you know about a woman who becomes a stand-up comedian and like, it, you know, who is has some level of raw talent for it clearly, but like, you know, it's like one of those things where you're like, yeah, like on the show, it's like seems so easy. It's, like, wow, like that's just and, you know, it's not like there aren't challenges. To her transitioning to being a full-time stand-up community. she was arrested but, twice right which is a problem for sure mm-hmm. and you know like goes through like bombing and all that like yeah you know like walking the fire basically that everybody has to um stand-ups like have like a particular like harsh version of that i feel like but um yeah it's you know and like but like clearly it's like oh yeah and the show was just like wow like it, they just they have this way of showing it this is like yeah she's hitting all the beats and it's really good and like
2: yeah but there are certain things that are easier to quantify and you're easier to yeah. know if there's but there are others um the radio lab is doing a I think it's radio lab podcast that is doing a series about being a CEO or free economics okay. I don't know either one or the other and they're doing a lot of uh, it's a series of several episodes and one of the first episode was kind of like what makes a good CEO and how do you identify how a CEO is a good it's going to be a good CEO and then it's even though there are tons of metrics about your um, the company and by company they say that the majority of the companies in the world has like three or four people. So there are tiny companies, but still you have one person that will be the head that will be the CEO. How can you quantify that? And and, and they, it's tough, it's tough. And, and in the case of editing as well, I guess that um, you could try to quantify like, Share links shared or page uh, views and all those things but then if it it can be so biased because if you post something on twitter and then let's say that someone that has tons of followers uh, retweet it then you will have a lot of more views and not it's not because people don't like it but it's because they're being exposed to it
0: right it's whether or not it's getting out there
2: yeah yeah so marketing in that case it's really it's really bad because if you post your thing on twitter at 3 a.m only people in europe will see so no one from from the west coast or or, you know what i mean it's it's kind of like how and then you 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 will have to um normalize your data (laughs) am i talking like a scientist now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to normalize your data and do yeah. exactly the same thing, you know, like, okay, this post, I'm going to share it three times a day for, mm-hmm. in and during the week and during the weekend and, you know, an example. Yeah. Because then.
1: Right. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely right. That
2: will like, be I the ideal. I... That will be the scientist's way to track that. But it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and look at Ian's face of just
0: complete, like, oh, no. Yeah.
1: But, like, at the same time, like, you know, it's, yeah, I, I don't know, I mean, again, like, if I could outsource that part of it, I would, I you know what I mean? I just, like, doing it myself mm-hmm. is just really hard to, like, I, I'd rather focus on, like, creating the content and, like, you know, with editing, it's always hard to elevate of, like, it's like, okay, well, you know, like, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm a native English speaker and, like, I've been writing for years and, like, I sort of just have a okay sense of the language i guess and so if i look at something and edit it like i think i can make it probably better but like anybody mm. who's an English speaker who looked at something can make it better no. too probably Yeah. No. i mean you know like i've um i mean or excuse me let me narrow that a little bit further Yeah. No. <laughs> who is also an educated no. like person who's been to graduate school and done a phd can look at it and make it better like i mean it just seems like it's like yeah i mean because like that's Sort of been my experience, though. That's the thing. It's like, oh yeah, I should my writing something, and like they make suggestions.
2: I think that it's it's kind of like being a director for a yeah. movie. Yes, like uh, like there are many directors out there, and there's a lot of people that can do that, but doesn't mean that they do it well. Mm-hmm. And and I think that editing is kind of the same. Like people can do it, but it's you need to have you need to put some effort.
1: Right, you need to find the right project for the right person. And I think that's a hard calculus sometimes, right? There's, like, you know, like, projects that re- resonate well with the person who's coming to it sometimes, and it just works. And, like, those are, like, you know, like, who knows when the lightning in the bottle strikes necessarily. Like, it's a hard thing to quantify or figure out. It's like, oh, yeah, yep, would have called that one. Like, is, And it's hard to know, right? Like... Yeah, well, I think really it also kind of to... depends,
0: like, what is your, like, what is your goal? Like, if you, if you want, like, are you wanting to get a lot of page right, views? Are you wanting sure. to get a lot of comments? Are you wanting to transition into doing it, like, as a career? Like, in right, that case, career, like, what do you, like, yeah. are you doing, like, you know, are you looking to make, I like a certain amount of money or be published in certain places like you have to kind of decide what you want from it and then go from there yeah because I mean like not everybody is um
1: measure not that.
0: everything yeah. that some like with like lady was saying with directors like not everything that one director directs is going to be fantastic like they're gonna do some really bad student films they're going to do some, they're sure. going to work as an assistant director for some really, probably like, some great movies and some really bad
1: movies and some, like, mean, be- mediocre, like... They do projects to pay the bills, too. Right. I mean, like, basically, and- that's, you know, what we're saying.
2: Yeah, and I guess that after they get famous and they become really good, then they... They they know the script that is going to work. Yes, and that they know what will fit for them. Yes, yeah. So if there is something that they don't think that is going to be a big hit, they are just going to say no. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to do it, because that's um that's not going to uh be successful. And I guess that mm-hmm. maybe as in the as an editor, after you there are some pieces that you would just say no. I'm not doing that, uh, because it's not going to be good enough. I don't know. I- I'm talking about like 10 years from now when you're like the top editor, yeah. Ian.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. I seem to be going nowhere fast. Like, you know, it's one of those things. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I mean, yeah. Like everybody ballparks, like, like, yeah, like you said, like, the de- it takes a decade to get, like, really, really good at something. And, like, before you, like, really gain traction and making it and figuring out how to, how you how you fit into that world and, like... Yeah, that is the Ericsson, the psychologist, it, that
2: he says that you have to put 10,000... If you put 10,000 hours on anything, you become an expert.
0: Yeah, that's, um...
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a little mythical. Yeah. That's, um... Like, what's his Malcolm name? Malcolm Gladwell, awful, I think. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, like, he has... He's a good writer and has talent and stuff, but, like, I don't but know. But you put
0: in enough time at it, you'll yeah. get good at what you do. And I think that we all have a tendency to discount what is easy for us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah, so, like... back a couple of episodes yeah. and
0: <laughs> find Well, I was way. reading... Our, yeah, You know, I was listening to a podcast, and I can't remember which one, um, I, like a month or two ago, and one of the things that they were saying, because it was all about pricing, um, I think it was, it was Tara Tilly's podcast, um, and she was interviewing the guy from Productivity Flourishing, I think, and um, they were talking about, like, how you should price things, and just kind of generalities, and he was saying that the thing that comes easiest to you is the thing you should charge the most for. Hmm. Because, um, what comes easiest, well, you know, obviously, like, not sitting on the couch watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but, like, you know, editing obviously come in...
1: That's actual... Something right, that's something actual
0: that's actual work. work, like... Well, look. Um,
1: I mean, look, if I get people to pay me to just... Leave <laughs> do some work. You want
0: them. that like, job.
1: Like, it awesome, should be mine. right? Yeah. yeah like, I will be 100% of the time.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm showing up for that or not showing up for that, as the case may be, every
1: but, day. Yep. Give me a thing, like, let me do it, and you'll have th- I'll update you when you want me to, and give you a thing at the end, and but we're
0: done. But his point was, the thing that comes yeah. easiest to you is not the thing that's going to come easiest to everybody else. And the thing that comes easiest to right. you is the thing that you are best at and that you can add the most value to for doing. So like if, you know, in the case of, you know, editing or writing, like if that is more, if those are one of the things that comes easiest to you, that means that you're likely very good at it and that's the thing that you can add the most value for your clients. Because you, they, you find that easy and they do not.
1: Does that make right. sense? Yeah, no, no yeah. It and that was,
0: and that's his rationale for why you should charge the most for that particular service or product or whatever you're um, doing.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. Like, you have to be able to translate your skills into, like, a product of some kind. Yeah, product or for. service or whatever. Like, that's, yeah, I mean, that's still a harder thing for me to do to figure out. Because it's like, oh, yeah, what's my skill? Patience and conscientiousness and, like, you know what I mean? Just, like... Thinking about stuff, like, but all you know that is I mean? good
0: skills He's, for like, writing and for
1: editing. Finding the right twenty dollars. Attention
0: words, to detail. That yes, mm-hmm.
2: that is a good uh, one, and that's you know. normally uh, most of the PhDs uh, have that yeah, like, one I I, because. I
1: mean, again, like I just worry like that's a thing that nobody cares about anymore. I mean, even though like again, details matter, and like we see the examples of this every single day, right? It's just. It's like oh yeah that one detail was off and the bridge fell down like you know what I mean Like, it's like yeah clearly details matter but like we seem to have a hard time valuing that as a society <laughs> in certain contexts at least like in a lot of contexts
0: mm, I don't know I haven't really um, uh, yeah I don't I'm not sure I didn't, I didn't... about that also yeah
1: I mean obviously like the bridge falling down is a dramatic example but you know it's like oh yeah that one little detail whoops
0: Yeah, but I mean, Um, like, I get paid for editing. Right. That is what I, like, that is what I do for a living. And that is paying attention to details and making sure that everything falls (laughs) into line and focus and that sort of thing. So, like, in, so, I mean, I think that people do care, I think, and they do notice, um,
1: yeah, so. I mean, I guess the thing is like, I, I mean, I guess the other thing to note about the world is like, when things are going is normal, nobody says anything or notices, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, if things are happening as they should. Nobody's gonna say a damn thing, um, because it's just working because people are. Yeah, doing- that's the
2: the reason. Like, whenever you have uh, reviews and people have like something. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to talk about if if, if right. it's, who puts a good review. If you go to a restaurant or you go to a to a hotel, you normally are not going to put a a good review. But then, oh, yes. if something bad happens, then you're going yeah. to put the yeah. word out because this is yeah. unfortunately we are not we are not um used Those to the good things that
1: happen. Um, like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we should. Try to do that more. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of podcasts that you go review on the Apple Podcast Store, and like,
0: yeah, I thought about that as well. <laughs> yeah, you <ever laughs> been trying to do that a little bit more often?
1: Like, I mean, you know, like, and I mean, by I a little bit will... more often,
0: I mean like once a month.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a thing to like just dedicate some time to and have fun. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's a writing exercise, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Just what's the clever thing you can say <laughs> that like maybe nobody else would come up with? Or the phrasing that, like...
0: And that will be useful for people, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, I look at the reviews for podcasts and other things like that to help make decisions. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know how useful it actually is, that stuff in the world. Like, I mean, I know it's like, hey, I'm somebody who liked it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like... That's part of, um, in the book Decisive that they were
0: talking about was, um, looking at test... Or it's... What is it? Oh... Apparently, like it was a good book, but I forget all their terminology. But one of their things was um, how you use reviews. Like people tend to, like Clay, was saying, with like people like really, really good or really, really bad, people tend to talk about, and they're talking about like you should look at the ones in the middle mm-hmm. because they're going to be the ones who are more, who are likely not not necessarily more honest, but they're going to have more realistic. A in more fact. realistic perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I more think that's, grounded in
0: reality, I think, is what they put it.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think I think you gain an instinct for like what criticism to pay attention to and what to ignore um, over time because like some of it's just like okay, well, like I can do with that. Yelling. You cannot please everybody,
0: right? Yes. Like, I mean, and like, that's something I'm trying to overcome because like, I was.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like I, you know, sort of got like pushed away by a very angry i think homeless person on the l this morning who was very territorial about his little corner spot i was like standing there next him, he's like move I'm like, I'm not even standing near you buddy like but anyway that guy I was like yeah get out of my get out of my area this is my space I'm like, all right <laughs> you can have that one dude
0: amanda yeah, I was just going to say, like you were saying with um, you can't please everybody, like yep. that's something that I'm trying to put in perspective as well because that, like my natural my nature is to try to make people happy because I, I yeah. like that, like nobody wants to make people angry or mad um, Yeah So when it comes to either having difficult conversations or making decisions about things like I've been trying to put that in perspective like I do X, and maybe that will disappoint person Y. But like, is that disappointment going to be world-ending for them, or is it just going to be like a, eh, yeah, this didn't work out, but you know. Yeah, I
2: don't, I, I I feel your pain because I'm mm-hmm. I'm like that as well. I I I like I tend to please and. And I think that this is. I've been better. I've been doing better. The older that I get, mm-hmm. I think that I've been doing better. Uh, not in a sense that I. I still like to please, and and whenever right. something I, I feel like I'm not doing, um, someone is going to be disappointed on me, or I'm going to do something. Um, it still bothers me, no matter mm-hmm. how big or how small. I'm the ones who's like sometimes um i tweet at people and then if people don't answer or answer me kind of weird i'm kind Mm -hmm. of like did i say something that that did i upset them yeah i know and 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 i and i feel bad and then i'm like probably it's all in my mind and and but anyways before, I used to like avoid or not do things because it would upset people, and sometimes am, it will upset I am bad me. With that. And yeah. and it will be bad for me, but 100%. I will not do it. And that's the point. That's the, the what it's it has changed in the last years. Now I still deserve. I still get. Bad. I still feel bad for disappointing people. But if it has to be done, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to Mm -hmm. eat it myself. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm still having... I'm trying to do a better job of that, like, for myself. Because I tend to be, like, sure, you want me... Like, for friends and stuff, like, sure, you want me to drive, you know, 20 minutes in one direction to help you with your great-aunt Sally and move their furniture, like of course I'll do that whereas like you know I've got other things that have to be done like you know laundry and well now childcare. but like like I have other things that are going on in my life and like I'd have to significantly rearrange them to do that because I want to make this person happy whereas if I just said no like you know they'll find somebody else to help move great aunt Sally's furniture and I wouldn't be sitting there stewing and like being unhappy about it or like you said like eating it like Yep. and I've been working on having more um, difficult conversations with people like I had a recent work situation where I was not happy and I had to address that um and like by not happy like this was coming to like it was just a lot of stress and it was difficult like things were more difficult than they needed to be and I was feeling like I was getting blamed for a lot of things that were not my fault or things that I couldn't, I had no control over. So I had to have this conversation with somebody and that was very hard to do. To put things into
2: perspective. To put
0: things into perspective. And I did it and it, like he, like the person I talked to was like, they were unhappy in as much as like I was telling them all these, like I was telling them these things, but in the end, like, the problems were, are solved, or are in the process of being solved. That's good. So, like, so it's yeah, so it's better for me, like, they weren't happy about it, but, like, you know, we work together and we were solving it, and things are working out okay, and they're not, like, they weren't, like, I, they weren't necessarily unhappy with me, they weren't happy with the situation that it had gotten to that point. Right. So, trying to be, not be overly cryptic, but keep everybody's privacy together yeah (laughs) but But yeah so like you know you were saying like trying to like doing something that's good for you may mean disappointing somebody else and that's been very hard to put that in perspective like their momentary discomfort isn't going to be life-ending right and i'm done babbling
2: (laughs) (laughs) no it's a good one i think that I, i i can relate i totally relate with that I just feel that sometimes, other times, it's not like not wanting to talk to the people Mm -hmm. about problems because it's going to disappoint, but um, sometimes you think that you just know that it's not worth.
0: Yeah.
2: It's just like, I don't know, it's something that the person, it's like that, and it will do the things, and if you go there and try to talk about it they're going to be upset and then you're just it's just going to be a uh, uh, unnecessary waste of energy from both parts mm-hmm. so i guess that yeah. ah,
1: well, that's also yeah. the i mean the other side of yeah, having to balance is that. just feeling like you're worth have taking the effort to do stuff like that like you know that you're worth the effort to have that conversation with that other person right like, yeah, yeah, I'm not happy, and I need mm-hmm. to go do something about it. But, like, I don't know. Like, a lot of times in my life, it's like, yeah, I'm not worth having that conversation, and it's not that important. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, just like, yeah, I'm not worth it. Like, I can survive otherwise, but, like, that's not really, like, that healthy in the end, and it doesn't help you necessarily move forward either, I don't think. No, yes. I think that
2: if it really bothers you... Um you should talk to the other person but mm-hmm. my point mm-hmm. is that and again I, I i have some situation in mind but uh mm-hmm. i don't also don't want to put too many <laughs> things out there but it's just like some people they they just they are they are very protective they are very mm-hmm. um jealous of their work. And then every time that you need to be around them, you need to like make sure that, oh, I'm going to uh, call in advance and say this, 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 so that that person is not going to think that and then right. is not going to make a a, a a case about things. and And I don't like being that I don't like behaving like that. But on the other hand, I'm not going to go there me that i'm working in this business for like two years i'm not going to tell someone that works in that for 30 years how oh i don't think that
0: you should behave like that right you know
2: what i mean i'm i'm not
0: yeah. and it's and right there's a certain cost benefit analysis yes that goes on yes yeah
2: but um, i mean if i don't i work from my home i i deal with that person Occasionally, you know, on mm-hmm. the phone, an email when we have our meetings, maybe every two, three
0: months. So it's not a big of, of a deal, but yeah, if, if it was affecting your like if daily life, yeah, that might be another that might be another story. Like if this was something that you were dealing with every like every work day, like you had to go into the office and see this person like like I don't want to be like see this person because I'd be awful, but like you know, go into the and work with this person and have to constantly be figuring out accommodations to make them be okay, then it might be worth having that conversation. Yep. Yes.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, sort of maybe wrap up like an idea that, uh, I mean, I think may help people gain perspective because like, you know, like it's easy to feel kind of lost and like, but I do think sort of the antidote might be a little bit of, curiosity and like actually like leaning in and interrogating what's making you uncertain or giving you a lack of perspective and just starting to try to ask some questions and find reasonable sources of information about what it is that you know trying to get at exactly what it is that's giving you this you know like lack of perspective like you know you're yeah i guess what yeah i mean i guess wow like sorry yeah we were talking earlier about like the definition in the dictionary of perspective is like the art concept of like you know making a two-dimensional object look at three-dimensional by you know mm-hmm. drawing the lines mm-hmm. um, right yeah i guess you know i guess you're trying to like if you have lost perspective you're living in a two-dimensional world and you need to like <laughs> hammer out like the third dimension again and try to <sighs> Yeah.
0: Draw it to where, draw your reality. Draw your reality, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, you know, I mean, do so mindfully and intentionally and don't believe everything you read on the internet um, or here. But yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Come on, if remember, the, like, the internet's true. The
1: illusions <laughs> are a thing in the world. Like, you know, your brain isn't perfect. But yes, exactly. Like, yes. Yeah, seek yeah. out
0: reality-based assumption, Like, reality-based information
1: right. evidence yeah, based
0: yeah i think that in that in
2: yeah. that way it it counts it rewards to be like a good scientist to mm-hmm. seek out ne- um, the adequate seek out new
1: life and new civilizations
2: uh... <laughs> to, boldly to boldly go where no man has gone before
1: where no one has gone before
2: <laughs> <laughs> no seriously yeah. just to trust to get uh, good sources and and to build and to get data, you know, like just yes. to get uh data here, data, data there, data mm-hmm. there, and then you will build your own third dimension and your perspective. What about that? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I, ever, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Like have I told you guys about my idea of like the how like the opening monologue of Star Trek is a good like it's a good elevator pitch or a good like you know, like yeah, Ian the blanks, you know, these, this is my voyage of the blah, blah, blah. Like it's like, it's sort of a mission statement for you. Like you can Mm -hmm. like put blanks and strategically in that speech and like, it's like, Oh yeah. And then finally like to boldly go where blah, blah, blah. And it works. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a nice little piece of writing for sure.
0: And there you have it. You have a homework assignment now <laughs> to all
1: fill our listeners. Your, yeah, fill in your, fill in in your mission go.
0: statement according to right. the Star like, Trek opening you know, you know,
1: Like I mean, it's writing, the final frontier. This is yes, yes. you know my journey of, you know, like you obviously don't say Starship, like, but mm-hmm. yeah, it worked. Like you can adapt it. You really can. <laughs>
0: So comment on the comment on this post or um, tweet us and we will retweet you yes. and add it to the show notes. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, yes.
1: We, we can do. absolutely do something like that.
0: So yeah, I mean, we'll do that.
1: Like, yeah, we should maybe quote that in the post for this episode. Like the full, like, the we'll, we'll do that. We'll, and so people yeah. have the template.
0: We'll do that and um, we'll link to, there's got to be something on YouTube where they're showing, where they show the intro to Star Trek. So we'll do that. All right. Yeah, okay. so I like it. Until next time, goodbye from all of us at Recovering Academic. Thanks Bye, for everybody. listening, everybody. Thank Can you. Yes, there. thank you. For <laughs> and keep perspective. Yes. Keep perspective. Always. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: This week's Recovering Academic is sponsored by Scientific Dispatches Consulting, an editorial service for scientists. They specialize in helping you tell your research story clearly and concisely. Scientific Dispatches offers consulting, editing, writing, and presentation preparation services. You can find out more and schedule a free consultation at scientificdispatches.com. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Academic Podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps other people find out about us. You can tweet the show at Recovering Acad. You can also find all of the hosts on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore PMS.
1: And I'm at IH Street.
0: We're also on Facebook. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Recovering Academic Podcast. You can find all of our episodes and subscribe to our newsletter on our website at recoveringacademic.net. And don't forget, there is sunshine outside the ivory tower.